Welcome to The Church Door, a place where I can post my Bible studies and sermons for your listening pleasure. I'm the Reverend Matthew Fenn, pastor of St. Peter's Evangelical Lutheran Church in Stratford, Ontario. Thanks for tuning us in. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. What do you make of Mary? Looking around, we see a few different approaches to Mary in different church traditions, and it's easy to be confused. At times, uh, she seems, it seems that some churches elevate Mary to the spot of a goddess. They pray to her. They sing hymns to her. Some even commend their souls into her keeping now and at the hour of their death. At the other end of the spectrum, some Protestant churches believe that Mary is just like us. No, no different at all. She's nothing special. She's barely mentioned. She's barely thought of at all. Now, both approaches don't seem quite right, do they? Today's gospel lesson brings two very unlikely mothers-to-be together. Elizabeth, an elderly lady whose well past her childbearing age, was three months away from giving birth to John the Baptist. Her younger cousin from Nazareth traveled to Judea to stay with her for those final three months. She was between the ages of 12 to 16 years old, and her name was Mary. This morning... Elizabeth has taught us the right way to think about Mary. And she also teaches us how that applies to us today. So when Elizabeth was about six months pregnant, her teenage cousin from Nazareth named Mary was visited by the angel Gabriel. The angel announced that Mary would conceive and bear a son despite her virginity. He also told her that Elizabeth, who had been barren, uh, was already six months along. After the angel left her, Mary traveled 145 kilometers, probably on foot, to the hill country of Judea. That's more than, after more than a few days travel, she arrived at the house of Zechariah and Elizabeth. Now, as Mary approached Elizabeth's house, and Elizabeth heard the sound of Mary's voice, John leapt for joy in, Mary's, in Elizabeth's womb. Elizabeth then cries out in amazement, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Elizabeth, moved by the Holy Spirit, is humbled. She recognized that this was not just her teenage cousin coming to keep her company. She's humbled by her presence. Why does Elizabeth think that a visit from this teenage girl is such a privilege? The unborn John leaps for joy because he heard the greeting of Mary's voice. Why why is Mary so special? Elizabeth tells us. What does Elizabeth call her? Elizabeth calls her the mother of my Lord. 
the mother of my Lord. It took the church 400 years to figure out and to muster the courage to confess what Elizabeth says so easily. Mary, that young girl named Mary, Elizabeth's cousin, is the mother of the Lord. Now, if that doesn't raise a few eyebrows this morning, you maybe have not had enough coffee. The Creator God, the Lord of all creation, the one through whom everything was made, has a mother. The ancient church declared, Mary is the mother of God. Now, I know some of you find that a bit uncomfortable. I know, because I heard after the last time I used that phrase in August, that you, some of you found that uncomfortable. You may be thinking that calling Mary the mother of God is just, just a bit over the top. Come on, isn't that too Roman Catholic? Uh, we don't believe all that Mary stuff, do we? It's true, we don't believe that Mary is some sort of co-redeemer with Jesus. We don't pray to her. We don't seek her prayers now or at the hour of our death. But we dare not deny that Mary is the mother of God. To do that would be to deny the incarnation. Let me put it a different way. If you say that Mary is not the mother of God, what you're actually saying is that Jesus is not God. Do you believe that? If you do, then we really need to have a chat in my office after the service. It's even when that spotlight is on Mary, it's not really about Mary. Who's it about? It's about the son that's in her womb. It's about Jesus. She, the child whom she carried. Mary is blessed among women. She is what every Israelite mother wanted to be, the mother of the Messiah. Mary's child is true God and true man, united inseparably in one person. That's the great mystery of Christmas. The infinite God took up residence in a clump of fetal cells. God had to have his diaper changed. Do you grasp this? Think about this. The infinite creator became the creature. The fullness of deity dwells in the humanity that's growing in Mary's belly. The one whom we call both Lord and God has a mother, just like you and I have mothers. Elizabeth teaches us that Mary is blessed among women because she is the mother of our Lord. She teaches that we are correct to show her honor and great respect. Elizabeth blesses Mary. She doesn't worship her. She doesn't pray to her. She blesses her. And we can bless Mary, but we may not worship her or pray to her. Mary didn't earn her honor because she was such a great person. It was given to her. We can bless Mary. We can thank God for the Blessed Virgin Mary because she is the mother of our Lord. And if we lose that, we lose the incarnation. And if we lose the incarnation, then you lose your salvation because 
You need Jesus to be both God and man for that death on the cross to have any value for you. It's all connected, brothers and sisters. But there's more to Mary's blessedness. There's more than that. Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Elizabeth blesses Mary for her faith. For believing that the Lord would do what he said. That's why Mary is the picture of every Christian believer. Mary heard the word of God through the angel. She heard the word. What was told to her sounded absolutely impossible. The Holy Spirit would come upon her. The power of God would overshadow her. And she would conceive a son. He would be the promised Messiah. He would save his people from their sins. And Mary listened to that word, and she believed it. And she conceived. She responded as only faith can respond to the word of God. Amen, she said. Yes, let it be to me according to your word. And that's how it is with us. The same thing confronts you and I. We receive the word, and faith trusts God's word, even when reason says it's impossible. The word tells us that baptism is just plain water. The word tells us that baptism is not just plain water, but it is water included in God's command and combined with God's word. Even though what you see is a washing with water, it is really a life-giving water, rich in grace, and a washing of the new birth in the Holy Spirit. It works forgiveness of sins, rescue from death and the devil, and gives eternal salvation to all who believe this. And faith, like Mary's, says, yes, amen. Let it be to me according to your word. Our reason tells us that when we mess up, when we sin, we need to make amends. We need to atone for our sins. We have to work ourselves back into God's favor. But the word says that when we confess our sins privately to a pastor, we receive absolution from the pastor as from God himself. The word encourages us to firmly trust that by the pastor's absolution, our sins are forgiven before God in heaven. And faith, like Mary, says, yes, amen. Let it be to me according to your word. Our senses tell us that it's, it's just bread and wine. But Jesus himself says, this is my body given for you. This is my blood shed for you. And the word tells us that with the bread and the wine, the very body and blood of Jesus Christ are really present, distributed, and received. In the sacrament, the forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation are given to us. And faith like Mary's says, yes, amen. Let it be to me according to your word. You see, God has told us that in the Son of Mary, Jesus Christ, you have a new life. You have forgiveness. You have peace. You have hope beyond death. And faith follows the example of Mary and says, let it be to me according to your word. And that is precisely what makes us blessed. The Blessed Virgin Mary is an example for us. And the Son of Mary has given you His Word. And that Word comes to you. It comes to you in baptism. 
in the pastor's absolution that forgives your sins, in the supper of his own body and blood, and in the preached and written word. Faith trusts God, even when that seems impossible to us. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it, says Jesus. We sometimes don't know what to think when we look at Mary, but Elizabeth teaches us what to believe. Mary is the one who gave birth to God. She is the mother of God. Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment spoken to her from the Lord. But you also are blessed because you have heard the word of God and believed. Blessed are you who, in the way of Mary, believe this incredible wonder that her child is God's son, your Lord, who came to save you. Will you share this blessedness with Mary? Will you believe and trust in the promises of God that he's given for you? Elizabeth teaches us that if you trust God's word like Mary did, you too will be blessed. And may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to The Church Door. Thanks again for tuning in. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, you can reach me, Pastor Matthew Fenn, at revfenn, R-E-V-F-E-N-N, at icloud.com. Look forward to having you with us again next time.